everybody. Welcome back to the Financial Freedom Show. My name is Rob Berger. This is another Q&A edition. And the question I'm going to tackle is one I've received from a number of viewers in the last couple of weeks, and it's this. Uh, shouldn't we claim Social Security at the earliest age, 62, if we don't need the money and we can, and we can save and invest it by investing that money? Uh, doesn't it make sense to claim at 62, even though we're giving up higher monthly payouts if we were to wait? So that's the question we're going to tackle today. And we're going to look at it from two different perspectives. The first is just the numbers. Uh, and I'm going to give you a hypothetical, which one makes the most sense. And then, though, uh, an issue that often gets overlooked, we have to at least consider the tax implications of our decision. So that's what we're going to do today. Let's jump right in. And uh, the first thing I did was just use this uh, Social Security Benefits Estimator. I'll leave a link to it below the video. This is from the Social Security Administration. And we're going to use these numbers right here, and I can make that maybe a little bigger for you. So we're going to assume at 62, you get $1,146. If you waited until full retirement, in this case, 67, uh, you'd get $1,748. And then if you waited uh, all the way to 70, you'd get $2,252. So those are the numbers we're going to use. What I did was just create a really simple calculator. You can create this on your own, I think, very easily. I've got the, uh, the, the ages here, and then you can see the formula, and uh, it's just a fair value formula. F1 refers to this 8% you see over here, and F2 uh, refers to the 10 years. I'll explain that in a minute. And uh, I divide by 12 here and multiply uh, by 12 there just to get a monthly compounding. And then in this one, you'll see that 1146 number. That just comes from here. Of course, you'd want to put your own information in to get the numbers that apply to you. And then if we, whoops, here we go. If we go to this one, you can see I've got the 1748 number. And I've also subtracted five years from the, whatever number we put in here because we're, we're obviously starting five years later uh, if we wait until 67. And then here again, I've got the larger uh, monthly benefit right there. And here I've subtracted eight years because we have to wait eight years to get that higher benefit. And of course, if I put 10 years in here, uh, you know, obviously the 62 wins out quite easily because we would have only had five years if we waited till 67 for our money to grow. And of course, if we waited till 70, we'd have only had uh, two years. So the question then becomes, well, do these eventually catch up and pass uh, the person who claims at 62? And so we can put different numbers in here. We can assume maybe we live to be, in this case, 77, right? So 15 years from 62. And you can see they're catching up, but they're still behind claiming at 62. So what about 20? And uh, still catching up, but still behind. Well, 25. Now we're getting we're getting up there. Still close, but still behind. So now at 30, let's think about this. We're 92 years old, uh, and uh, they still haven't caught up. And we could even go, let's go to 40. And uh, well, it looks like 67 has finally caught up. Uh, if you wait until 70, you're still just a few dollars behind. But of course, at this point, you know, we're quite old and probably unlikely to live that long. So let's put it back down. Let's assume 25 years, or actually we'll assume 30. So that's sort of your traditional retirement. And again, making that assumption, uh, claiming that 62 wins out. But we've been assuming 8%, and that may or may not be a reasonable assumption. What if we didn't earn that return? What if we earned 7%? Well, immediately the numbers change. And 67 and 70, both beat out 62, uh, although as you see, 70 doesn't quite beat out 67, 
I imagine if we add a couple years, there we go, at 32, it, it, it goes over. And uh, so my takeaway, and I've actually found some more articles that sort of confirm this, but my takeaway is um, if we assume you earn an 8% return on average, uh, then yeah, probably claiming at 62, just looking at the numbers is, is, is probably a pretty reasonable uh, strategy. But of course, earning 8% is a big, big assumption. And if your returns go below that, then eventually claiming at 67 and even waiting till 70 catches up. So, you know, you can decide for yourself what assumptions you think are reasonable and what you think your investments would do for you. But it's the taxes that I want to focus on now because I, I, I think that's really the bigger issue. If you don't need to live off of the Social Security so that you can just invest it, that raises a big question. How are you funding your retirement? And more specifically, are you funding it in ways that, it's, that will trigger taxes? For example, are you pulling money out of a taxable account? where you'll um, realize some capital gains? Or are you taking money out of traditional retirement accounts like an IRA, uh, all of which will be treated as ordinary income? That's the real issue that I think uh, I would certainly consider if I were faced with this decision. And it turns out to be a fairly complicated issue. So I'm gonna give you my thoughts on it, but understand I'm not a tax professional and frankly, if and when I get to the Social Security age, and no, I'm not there yet, thank you very much, I'll probably reach out to our tax accountant to crunch the numbers. It gets mind-numbingly complex. But with those caveats, let's get started. The first thing we want to point out uh, is that Social Security, and this is just an article from uh, TurboTax, I'll leave a link to it below the video, but Social Security, depending on how much you make, could be taxable, right? And so if in addition to the social security you receive, you're generating other taxable income, for example, from withdrawing from a traditional IRA, you need to evaluate the tax implications of that choice. So for example, instead of withdrawing from the traditional IRA, or for that matter, a taxable account, and triggering those taxes, which in turn can then increase potentially the taxes you pay on your social security benefits, you might be better off just spending those social security benefits rather than investing them. And that in turn could influence when you should start uh, claiming social security benefits. But it actually gets far more complicated uh, than that. And I wanna show you a few other things. This is uh, Irma, this is the additional premiums you might pay on Medicare, depending on uh, how much you make. And you can see the table here, Again, I'll leave a link to this below the video, but this is where things get a, a little complicated because a lot of these uh, tax issues turn on what's called modified adjusted gross income. And that modified adjusted gross income is tricky for at least two reasons. First, it doesn't show up anywhere on our tax return. There is no MAGI, modified adjusted gross income, line on our tax return. There is an adjusted gross income, and that's what you start with, but then you have to make uh, changes or uh, typically additions to that number to arrive at your modified adjusted gross income. And what makes that even more complicated is that there's not just one modified adjusted gross income. There's quite a number of them. There's one to determine whether an IRA contribution is deductible. There's one to determine whether you qualify for Affordable Care Act credits. Uh, and there's one, as we just saw, uh, to determine whether uh, the IRMA uh, the additional premiums to, to Medicare will kick in. 
and they get complicated. I will show you this. For, uh, for IRMA, which is what we're looking at here, the way you determine modified adjusted gross income is you start with your AGI, right? And then you add any tax exempt interest. Well, that doesn't seem uh, too complicated. One of the things not listed there is any part of your social security benefits that weren't subject to tax, which probably has you asking, well, Rob, are there other modified adjust adjusted gross incomes uh, uh, calculations that do factor in any portion of our social security that's not taxed? Well, uh, yes, there are. In fact, we can look at this. This is for the ACA credits. And we can see here, you start with your AGI, and I'll try to enlarge that for you. And you add in any untaxed foreign income and any non-taxable social security benefits. So what does all of that mean? Well, it means for IRMA, if you're um, investing your social security benefits and that's causing you to incur additional taxes, say for pulling out traditional IRAs, for example, not only could that increase the tax you pay on your social security benefits up to 85% of those benefits, in theory, depending on where your income falls, it, it could increase uh, your IRMA uh, premiums. And depending on before you get to Medicare, uh, in theory, uh, it could uh, also either eliminate or reduce your Affordable Care Act credits. Now, if that weren't enough to boggle your mind, and it boggles mine, I got to tell you, there's at least another consideration, Roth conversions. If you're planning to do Roth conversions, one of the strategies is to keep your, your taxable income as low as possible because as we know, uh, assuming you're, you're converting sort of traditional uh, pre-tax IRAs over to, to a Roth, that's gonna incur taxes. And so you wanna keep the rest of your taxable liability as low as possible. Well, if receiving social security, but then pulling money from a traditional IRA or taxable accounts increases your tax liability, it can make a Roth conversion uh, less desirable. So as you can see, the whole question, it may seem simple and just about numbers and how much we could earn on our investments over time. That's certainly part of the equation, but we've got to think about the tax implications of these uh, choices and they can affect other aspects of our tax returns in ways that at least speaking for myself, I wouldn't always understand or fully be able to predict. That's why if you're gonna take one of these strategies, I highly recommend you talk to a tax professional. It could affect a number of different areas uh, of your taxes. So there you go. That's my short answer to what turns out to be a fairly complicated question. If you have questions or comments, leave them below the videos. I'll do my best to help you out any way I can. And until next time, remember, the best thing money could buy, well, maybe a simpler tax code, but that ain't going to happen. So financial freedom.